You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Welcome to The Fabulous Invalid, Broadway's podcast, where we present essential conversations with a curated roster of the best, most important, and innovative theater makers working today, from actors to writers, directors, designers, and everyone in between. We took the name of our title from a 1938 play by Kaufman and Hart that has since become a loving nickname for Broadway itself, always deemed on the verge of decline, yet always bouncing back, The Fabulous Invalid. I'm theater savant Jamie Dumont. And I'm Rob Russo, writer and theater critic with Stage Left at NYC and host of Stage Left, the podcast, also on the Broadway Podcast Network. Rob. Yes. Spring is in the air. Spring is in the air. Is that a song? Uh, it's a lyric, I think, isn't it? A- well, Love is in the Air from Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Uh, yes, and uh, somebody maybe can tweet at us what the right... Li- but I think Spring is in the Air is like a Gershwin, oh. or a, I think it's it's a lyric from something. Mm-hmm. We're showing our ignorance. Or yeah, Cole Porter. I know, that's bad. Yeah. When in doubt, well, I always just say, oh, it's a Cole Porter song. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's not a terrible right. uh, way to go. <laughs> well, Spring is in the Air. It kind of feels like we don't have winter anymore in New York. So it feels like an appropriate time to do a spring preview. It sure does. Let's do it. All right. I'm excited. I'm excited. Well, so far in the spring season, which I guess technically begins in January, right? Yeah. Um, It's basically January to May 1st. Um, Spring is just a word that we assign to the to to this moment right. of the theater. Much year. like any word, it's all arbitrary. Yeah, that's we true. just we all agree what what the what the meaning is. Yeah, um, we're getting very philosophical here. Um, so there are four shows that have opened already by the time that this podcast airs. Um, and what are those shows? Well, first, uh, my name is Lucy Barton. Yeah, which uh, was at Manhattan Theater Club with Laura Linney. Uh, one woman show um, based off the novel of the same name by Elizabeth Strout. Um, which has been, uh, although it wasn't, I don't think, you know, critically acclaimed across the board. You can't get a ticket to it. Uh, you can't get a ticket. Yeah, it's been a wild, wild success for them. I feel like they've, um, they're at that sweet nexus between literary crowds, right, book clubs and folks who are fans of the author, um, Pulitzer Prize winning author, and then folks of Laura Linney, right? I mean, just who doesn't want to see Laura Linney on stage for 90 minutes? She's Marianne Singleton. Who doesn't love her? You don't know what that I means, don't know what do you? That no. That's her character from the much beloved Tales of a City. Oh, Tales of the go. City, there excuse you go. me. There you go. Yeah. Um, so that runs, uh, well, that will have closed by the time this airs. So um, bye bye, Laura. Bye. But well, she'll back. be back. Slow. She does a show every couple of years. And it's always with Manhattan Theater Club. Yeah, that's it's true. Actually, she's done a Little Foxes, Time Stands Still. And she's done a couple shows with them. Yeah. Years ago, she did a revival of. The Philip Berry play. I think it was Philadelphia Story, but it could mm. have been Holiday. I don't mm-hmm. remember which one. It mm-hmm. was both were immortalized by Katherine Hepburn. Yeah. And that yeah. was for Roundabout, but that yeah. was a long, yeah. long yeah. time ago. Yeah. Like the 90s. Yeah, and she did a play I actually worked on called Honor with Uh Jane Alexander, Uh whose name will come up a little bit later in our show. Yeah, in like two minutes. Yeah. Um, But before we get to Jane, uh, the second show of... uh, the, the spring season that opened um, was at Roundabout, uh, a soldier's play. Oh, which, wow. Uh, I absolutely loved. Uh, Charles Fuller's 1982 Pulitzer Prize winning play that is just now in 2020 making its Broadway debut. Kind of crazy, um, but really, really incredible revival. This runs through March 15th, so if you can get a ticket, get I, a would, ticket. I would recommend going to see it. It's 
uh, sort of a murder mystery crime procedural set on a segregated army base in uh, central Louisiana in the 1940s, so during World War II. And it's set among a, a platoon of all African-American soldiers. And, oh my God, the, the themes of the play are just so relevant. And it's amazing to see a play in the year 2020 that was written in 1982 that's a period piece set in the 40s that has so much to say about our contemporary society. Yeah, it's... It, so little has changed. Yeah, yeah, very sad. Um, but great play, great theater. Great play, great actors. David yeah. Island Greer is yes. giving... Quite a performance. He better get a Tony nomination. And Blair Underwood is not only showing some skin, but he is giving a... People forget, I think, what a fabulous actor he is. And he's marvelous in this. Yeah, yeah. Tip of the hat to Roundabout for programming this. Um, Honestly, I've said this before. I think I put it in my review. It's one of the best shows that Roundabout has done on Broadway. And I I would say in years. Back to Jane Alexander. The third show of the spring season uh, is Grand Horizons, which is uh, marking the Broadway debut of Bess Wall, the playwright who has had three plays in New York in the past six months alone, Continuity at Manhattan Theatre Club, Make Believe at Second Stage, and now um, Grand Horizons and Second Stage is Broadway theater, the Helen Hayes. We've seen all three together. Yes, we have. We are (laughs) big fans. Collect them all, you know? (laughs) Yes, well, there's nobody quite like her. Her plays are really... Interesting. Yeah, you know, they they start out as one thing and they become something else, which, which I love. Yeah, it's such a treat to figure out what that something else is going to be, and you can never guess it, right? And then when it happens, you're like, oh, this is so great. In this particular play, you know, it's about a, a married couple who are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary, uh, living, you know, moving into a retirement community, and literally the first lines of the play, the wife turns to the husband and says. I want a divorce. Very calmly, very coolly. Gets a big laugh. As they're eating dinner, and then they just go back to eating their dinner, you know, and it's like, oh, okay. And then the rest of the show obviously follows um, their two sons trying to make sense of it all, and then, you know, the the two of them trying to figure out how to make sense of it all. Um, and it really, it becomes something very poignant and beautiful about, you know, marriage and love and companionship. Um, and... Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. You know, it's fun to see a comedy on Broadway. Just a comedy. Just it's good a, to laugh. It's good to laugh. You I know, agree with that. The, people have been saying this for years. Where are the comedies? You know, it, especially because you know, comedy is such a thing right now in our society. There's this new stand-up special on Netflix every week. We love comedy, but where are the comedies on Broadway? I we get know. one more comedy in a bit later in the season yeah. with the plays. Only one. Only one. Out yeah. of the what four four other plays to open up? Yeah. One of them is kind of crazy. Funny. Uh, okay, so those were three plays, two original, one revival. Um, but the other show that has opened is West Side Story. Yes. this production. I think it is brilliant. Uh, if you've been living under a rock, this is Ivo Van Hova's reimagining of West Side Stories, the Belgian auteur, um, you know, theater maker who is known for having a very distinctive style. And much talked about on our show. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we We're love... We're big fans. We love Ivo Van Hova. So I, I'm a partisan. So, I mean, I, I, anything he does, I, I you know, I, I, we just have a similar... Aesthetic, right? And I love what he does on stage. Um, but this revival in particular is so notable because it's the first time that the show's been done without.
about Jerome Robbins's original choreography. So Anna Teresa de Kiersmacher, another Belgian um, choreographer, she's you know a name in her own right, who's a very celebrated modern dance choreographer, uh, has has completely re-choreographed the show. Uh, and you know, I was nervous going in, right? Because we all know the Jerome Robbins choreography. And in fact, I'm, I strain to think of any other musical where the choreography is, is more known and is more, so, is more strongly associated. I mean, maybe a chorus line, right? I would say chorus line, maybe Fiddler. There's some... There's some yeah, there's another some, Jerome Robbins. Another show, Jerome Robbins, right? right? You know? <clears throat> but there are very few shows, and I think particularly because of the film, um, that people really have a relationship with the choreography to the, down to the individual steps, right? Absolutely. You know, and so it was very bold of producer Scott Rudin to, to bring in two Europeans to reimagine an American classic and um, to, to truly give them the freedom and the license to approach it with new eyes. And, oh boy, what a payoff. It really is spectacular. It's and it's, you know, it's not without its controversy because I think people are so beholden to the choreography and yeah. they're so, they, yeah. everyone has such an idea Mm-hmm. Of this of this piece, yeah. that it was quite a bold step, and right. you know, there's it, it, it. I think people are in two you know, camps. Two camps. Yeah. There's yeah. no it's, middle it's ground with this one. Yeah. And I, yeah. you know, I, I said this to you when we saw it. I feel like this is what it must have been like to be an audience member when the show first opened. Because again, it was right. a little polarizing. It was oh, not. It didn't win Best Musical. No. Music Man won Best Musical that no. year. People and again, pe- yeah. people were, there was no middle ground with this. Right. You either thought it was brilliant and daring and wonderful, or you or you thought it was not great. Right, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, you know, and and they have set the show in the present, right? So it's no longer a period piece, which also, you know, it 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 allows it to speak to us more directly as a society. And you know, they've they've cast the Jets to be racially diverse, um, which is also a departure from the way it's usually done. It's usually you know the white boys versus the Latinos, the Puerto Ricans. You know that that racial uh, division is is different in this. There's still you know it's still a racial thing, but it it reads differently because of the fact of of a of a of a multiracial. Um, you know, gang. Well, didn't Evo say that he wanted it to look like America today? Yes. Well, and, and interestingly enough, in the script, in in Arthur Lawrence's book, which is one of the you know shortest books in Broadway history, it's amazing how much economy there is to his writing. Um, the description of the Jets is, um, I think, it's something like a symphony of America today or something, right? And what that meant in 1957 was a bunch of you know white kids, right? And what it means in 2020. Means something very different, yes. right? Um, so uh, good on them for that. You know, the other controversy, um, you know, that is unfortunately hanging around this production is the fact of the casting of Amar uh, Ramsar, who um, plays Bernardo in the show. And um, you know, I, I say unfortunate because, you know, the show is incredible, and and I, and I wish that that we could be talking about the show and just the show when when it comes up in conversation, but. Um, if you've been following, you know there's there's um, you know alleged uh, behavior, sexual assault um, that happened during his time at the New York City Ballet. Um, you know you can read all about it online. There have been statements back and forth. There have been protests. You know it's a whole thing, um, and it's sad because the whole thing you know could have been avoided by casting someone else. Um, but he is a great dancer. You know so there's that. Um, but that's also you know put a cloud over what otherwise I think should be a really really triumphant and exciting return of West Side Story to Broadway. 
it's magnificent. Yeah. It's breathtaking. Yeah. And I love this production. Yeah, I can't wait to see it again and again and again. <laughs> um, but before I get to seeing West History again, there are a ton of new shows coming for the rest of the season. So let's talk about them. Let's do it. Yeah, um, I think let's do it by category, right? So um, let's talk about new plays first. There are four new plays that are opening uh, in the spring season. Or Only one funny. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, uh, well, I guess it depends on your, on your take uh, on what is funny. So the first play... Uh, that's true. Yeah, the first play that's opening is The Minutes, which is uh, Tracy Letts's new comedy... Uh, it's the second play that he'll have had uh, this season on Broadway because he wrote Linda Vista, which was at Second Stage uh, this past fall. But this premiered in 2017 at Steppenwolf Theatre Company in Chicago. And at the time, they were like, and it's coming to Broadway. And then in 2018, it was like, and it's coming to Broadway. And then the last season, it was, it's coming to Broadway. So it's finally coming to Broadway. Finally. It's actually happening at the Court Theatre. It opens March 15th. Um, and this, you know, all I know about it is that it's a comedy that is set in a city council meeting of a small town. Um, so with that set up, I'm there. Uh, okay, Tracy Letts. Well, that's yes. all I need I'm to. There that's all Letts. I need to right. hear. And and I'm and I'm gonna go. Yeah. I'm also gonna say this and and corner you on the air. Yeah. Um, oh. You said <gasps> last time we recorded one of these previews yeah. that um, we were gonna see the Tracy Letts plays yeah, together. All right. the that's Tracy right. Letts plays yes, together. Yes. So Vista, I'm yeah. just waiting for my invitation. invitation. Okay. Right yeah. to see the minutes. Just it's, so it's and, coming. And yeah. And wow, if it isn't, then I'm gonna shame you. The next yeah. play yes. coming up is yes. The Hangman. The Hangman, yeah, well, just Hangman, not The Hangman. Did I say The Hangman? You said The Hangman. Oh, I'm you said sorry. The hangman. I got to get the title right. Um, hangman, yes, that's right. Well, this has also been a long tease, right? I mean, this was at Atlantic Theater Company in 2018. Which I missed. Yes, well, it was, was sold out. So it was a sensation. It, yeah. it was sold out before it even started, started right? selling tickets. Yes. You could never get a thing. Well, that's why, you know, because it was playwright Martin McDonough. It was his first play since 2010, right? He used to tr- churn them out. And then like, he's. I feel like every year yeah. for a decade, right? There was, there was a new Martin McDonough play. And, you know, his dark humor, we love it, we're here for it. Um, but but what was wild about the timing of it, right, is that the reason he hasn't been writing so many plays is because he's turned to screenwriting. Right. And he had just released um, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, right? Had come out right when Hangman was coming to Broadway. Oh, did so that movie do well? It did very well. Oh. Yes, yes. <laughs> Um, so I feel like that also, you know, drove ticket sales at the time. But it's also a really great place. So I actually did get a ticket. A friend of mine went on StubHub and paid a lot of money and invited me as a guest. Um, and I, so I got to see it. You and your rich friends. Me and my rich friends. That's right. <laughs> um, and I loved it. Uh, I. Yeah, so I'm, I'm so excited. Yes, and when it didn't transfer to Broadway right away, I was like, "Oh no, they're not going to make it." And then, like you know, it was two years ago, so you figure, okay, you know, people have moved on, but no, it's coming at the Golden Theater, which we love. I love seeing things at the Golden Theater, um, and with our friend Tracy Bennett. Tracy Bennett, yes, guest of the show, guest of the show. Yes, I love Trace friend in, and, and friend in real life. And IRL, friend in real life, we as, just saw her the other night, as they say. That's right. That's right. Um, great. So that's so. Those are our two comedies, I think. Oh, but I have to say, have you seen In Bruges, Martin I McDonough's haven't, I haven't, film? No. Okay, you, you you need to see this film, Rob. I'm yeah. getting cranky about yeah, it now. Wow. Well, let's add it to the list of things I need to see that, yeah. aren't, that aren't theater. <laughs> that's a long right? list. And after I've seen all the theater, I have very little time to see other things, um, especially because some of the shows are really long. And the Lehman Trilogy, uh, which nice is segue. the next play opening March 26th at the Needlelander Theater, um, is like a three and a half hour play 
was it four hours? Was it eight hours? I don't know. I saw it at Park Avenue Armory in 2019, uh, so last spring, um, and it has been this like crazy sensation. It was at the National Theater in London. It was at Park Avenue Armory. Then it was back on the West End, um, and then is now coming to Broadway. Um, it's a three actor play that um, traverses 163 years of history of the Lehman Brothers who came to America in 1844, I believe, uh, from Bavaria and, um, you know, Jewish immigrants from Germany um, who started a business. And if you know the name Lehman, ha ha ha, it's because that business, that humble business that they started on the backs of slaves and, you know, the 1840s in the South um, would 163 years later basically caused the collapse of the U.S. economy. Yeah, that was a bad day. That was a bad day. It was, yeah. a, bad, it was a bad time for America. No. Um, so this play, you know, follows that, that journey of these, these, these three men. And they, as they die, they play the next generation of Lehman Brothers. Great. Will, well, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I will say, I mean, the, the production itself is stunning. And the actors, you know, Simon, Russell Beale, Adam Godley, and Ben Miles are phenomenal. Okay. Really, 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 really phenomenal. Well, I'll go. Yeah. I mean, I'm going. I'm not, you know. Um, it's by, <laughs> the play is by an Italian playwright and um, has, an, has a British director. I think it was Sam Mendes. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. You're the smart one. You're yeah. supposed to know this stuff. Um, anyway, so it's, it's a, Euro, you know, a bunch of European theater makers who have written a story about America. Uh, and Did you just say America? America, America. Wow. Yeah. That's, and, I think the first and last time I'll ever hear you say that. I think, well, now I'm going to start saying it. Um, Please don't. And, you know, my takeaway from seeing it at Park Avenue Armory was that they completely missed the racial context of American history in writing and directing this show. And I, maybe that's changed since it was at Park Avenue Armory now that it's coming to Broadway and it's going to be put on that platform and have that level of scrutiny. Um, but the Lehman Brothers, the story of the Lehman Brothers is a story of exploitation of first slaves and then, you know, Chinese immigrants building the railroad and then war profiteering, essentially. You know, they got rich again in the early 20th century by funding all the armaments of the wars that we fought. And then, you know, the housing crisis, right, which was all predatory lending and perpetrated by... These, these lovely immigrants from Bavaria. <laughs> so, Great, three comedies. <laughs> three, exactly, yeah, comedy of errors. Uh, and then the last new play that's opening um, the season is Birthday Candles at Roundabout Theater Company. Can I just say that yes. I didn't even know about this play until I read this. To do. Oh. Rob is very good yeah. and, and organized and he puts everything down on yeah. paper yeah. so that I sound like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and when I got the email, yeah, and you were I like, had no idea what Birthday like, Candles what was. Candles? And then you yeah. told me who's in it. And, yeah. and yeah. it well, sounds fabulous. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, Deborah I Messing. Deborah Me- I must have Megan Mullally. Yeah. That that actually sounds better, but yeah. <laughs> but Deborah Messing's good. I like yeah, her. I love Deborah Messing. Yeah. yeah, and she you know, she does a play just like Laura Linney every couple of years. Yeah, she she's does. on Broadway. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, she's, she's an act. She's a theater gal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I'm I'm um, looking forward to this. Yeah, this is a new play by Noah Hadel. H a i d l e. How would you pronounce that? I don't know, but you're definitely saying it wrong. Hadel. Sorry, Noah. Um, that examines a century of a woman's life basically punctuated by her birthdays. So. See, that sounds good to me. Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm intrigued by that, you know, that setup. I feel like I was being a little flip about it. But no, that, no, that actually, no that flip sounds, received, no flip received. No, that sounds yeah. good. Um, Alrighty, well now there are, moving to our next category of play revivals, there are five revivals coming, coming to Broadway this season, uh, the spring season, and literally all five are opening within three weeks of each other, and most of them within two weeks of each other, which is crazy. Uh, and it's all in April, of course. You know, it always happens at the end of April. Can I say what the first one is? Yes. I'm so excited. Take it away, Jamie. 
Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? I am, George. I am. And ask me who's starring in it. Who's starring in it, Jamie? Lori fucking Metcalf. That's her official, that's her Christian name. I yeah. I am... <laughs> Look, this is it, this is like this is like the gypsy of plays, right? We get a yes. revival of this uh-huh. every five years. Well, this is the fourth revival since 1962 on Broadway. Well, of, yeah, that, I mean, that's, yeah a, that's, that's a lot. lot. That's a lot. Yeah, but Laurie Metcalf. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Please more. Well, this will be the fourth season in a row that she's in a play on Broadway in the spring. I would like her to do a play every season. Yeah, well, I am not getting tired of if her. If you believe what you hear, um, Nathan Lane was on a podcast and he said that. They're doing Death of a Salesman. Yeah, that's Next great. Season. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. <laughs> also, Rupert Everett. Yes, who mm-hmm. was probably one of the first men I ever truly loved. Wow. And Russell Trophy, mm-hmm. who is somebody I'm a big fan of. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, um, I can't remember the name of the girl. Imogen Poots. Is that who it is? I just want you to say Poots again. Imogen Poots. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is. I think I might be right about that. Um, um, but this is this is I think going to be really spectacular. I'm very excited about this. Rob's yeah. googling I mean, her name well, right I now. I mean, this this is a it's a it's a play that like I'm fine with seeing every couple of years. It's Patsy Farron. Oh, who's, playing who's Imogen Poots? I don't know, but I love her. I can't wait to meet her. She, Imogen, will you come <laughs> you're on? Out there, yeah, you, you need to do a play on Broadway. Yeah, come yeah. on and our show. Did we show. say this? It's directed by Joe Mantello. I mean, that's like we buried the lead. Yeah. That's, the, that's the greatest. Who's doing the set? Ugh, now you're asking questions I wasn't prepared to answer. Well, you know, you usually have all this stuff pretty buttoned up, right? Uh, well, I'm a we little can, disappointed. We can cut this out so I don't look like a fool. Oh, no, we won't. I know. Well, now that I've said that, I yeah. know you're not going to cut it out. Not even going to uh, do a music cue here. Yeah, right? Well, you know, scenic designed by Scott Pask. Oh, great. That fella. That, that unknown, right. that, that yeah. up-and-coming that's, designer. That's yeah. good. All yeah. right. Well, yeah. we're and, happy about And that. while we're here, costume designed by Ann Roth. And ha ha ha, lighting designed by Jules Fisher and Peggy Eisenhower. Nice. Produced by Scott Rudin. So this is like prestige, prestige, prestige written yeah, all over it. It's going to be great. And it's yeah. at the booth, which it's is the like. Booth. We the love the booth. We love the booth. Great theater. Yeah, yeah. All right. So what's next? What's next? Well, unlike uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, which we see every decade, um, this next revival is a play that has not been seen on Broadway since 1968. Well, no. that's when it opened. Uh, and it's Neil Simon's marriage comedy, Plaza Suite. With. Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited for that. And directed by John Benjamin Hickey, who's also in The Inheritance this season. So he's a very busy guy. He is a very busy guy. I'm excited for a Neil Simon comedy. Yeah. I'm you always, know, I'm always he, down for when it. When he passed away, I, I have to say, let me get this off my chest. Get it was, off your chest. I was very disappointed in the Broadway community for the lack of reverence and respect and proper memorial given to Neil Simon because people forget now because he hasn't, you know, he hadn't had a new play in probably, what, 10, 20 years. The dinner party was the year 2000. I don't, I don't think he had another new play after that. I think that was his last original play on Broadway. But before that, I mean, Neil Simon was Broadway. He churned out a new play every two seasons. He really for did. For like 20, 30 years. It, it was insane. It, yes, and I think there's an, I, I love Neil Simon's yeah. work. And, I, and I, I have said this on this show and I will say it again on this show. I wish we lived in a world where people spoke the way they speak in a Neil Simon play because they're all so clever and erudite. It's like if we could all sing like they sing in a Sondheim song, the world would just be a better place. Or a Jerry Herman song for that matter. But um, I think with Neil Simon, not to get too in the weeds with it, I think there's an argument to be made that the 
his latter plays are not as strong as his, as his original plays. And unfortunately, sure. I think that that, that has colors people's, yeah. people's yeah. perception of him. And it shouldn't. It shouldn't take away from the genius yeah. that, that his that his work is. Yeah. Well, Plaza Suite, I can't wait to see it. I've never read it. I've never seen the film. I know nothing. I'm going in blind. And you don't know this about me, but I'm a huge Sarah Jessica Parker fan. Did you know that? I didn't know that about you. Did you? So much so that I sat next to, um, this was years ago, I sat next to the theater critic Peter Felicia at Mm -hmm. the opening Mm -hmm. of... um, Sylvia? No, um, Once Upon a Mattress. <laughs> oh, okay. And it yeah. was it was not the opening, actually. It was the night after. So yeah. it was the yeah. first performance after they got a devastating mm-hmm. review in the New York Times. Oh, really? Not good. Mm-hmm. And I'm such a fan that she comes out and I jump to my feet. I'm the only person. <laughs> yeah. I just jump to my feet and I'm screaming and I'm cheering for her. <laughs> so much so she even sort of acknowledges it, right? Yeah. I'm making yeah. such a big deal of it. Wow. And I sit back down and Peter Felicia looks at me and he says, are you her brother? <laughs> No, I'm just a fan. You swam the moat? All right, I was a little anxious. My friend Sir Harry, he told me you had an opening for a princess. Any princess. I figured the early bird. Yeah. Wow. Does she have a brother? She has, yeah, his her brother Toby was in rent. She has a big family. She's she comes from a large, large family. The Jessica Parkers. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, Toby Britton Parker is her brother. There you go. Uh, what names they have. Yeah. You know, I sound like uh, the wolf. Um, you know, what big teeth you have. Um, anyway. Oh, no, that's not. It's Little Red who says that. Anyway. Um, beside the point. Where have we gone? Where have we gone? I feel like we've. Where, did, where did it all go wrong? Um, okay. So uh, the next play after Plaza Suite is American Buffalo, David Mamet's play, which um, talk about, you know, a revival that we don't need. This is the third revival of American Buffalo. Um, yeah, this is the opposite of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. This is and this Plaza is, Suite, for that matter. You know, um, yeah, we don't need this. Y- yeah, this I, I I don't I don't think anybody asked for it. But I will say, you know, I, as a critic, I go in with an open mind. I'm eager to see you know what they do with this play, David Mamet, um, and Sam Rockwell, Lawrence Fishburne, and Darren Criss. So three great actors who love Darren Criss. Yeah, very excited for at him. Circle in the Square opens uh, April fourteenth. Uh, the next play, ooh, I can't wait. Devastating. Yeah. I'm already devastated. Yes. I'm already crying, and I already need my gravity blanket wow. to get me through it. Yeah. So this is. But you haven't seen this play. No. How I Learned to Drive. Yeah. Paula Vogel's 1998 Pulitzer Prize winning play. This might be another one I force you to take me to. Yeah. Yeah. At, at, it's going to be at Manhattan Theater Club. Opens oh. April 22nd. And the amazing thing about this play, right? So 1998, Mary Louise Parker and David Morse very famously create these roles off Broadway. It's this big sensation, right? Wins the Pulitzer. Um, and now in 2020, 22 years later, Mary Louise Parker and David Morse are doing the play again yeah. in its Broadway debut. They're just going to kill us all with it. It's yeah. just, you're, you're not prepared. Oh, wow, wow. You are not prepared. Ooh, I, I truly, I, I, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. Well, Paula Vogel, I mean, talk about a playwright who, you know, has not gotten the proper recognition, right? We have mammoth revivals every five minutes, but Paula Vogel, meanwhile, you know, made her Broadway debut with Indecent yeah. in 2016, which was an amazing play. Right. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, um, get your tickets. Yeah, get tickets for how get them now because this is going to sell out. Yeah, I think this is going to be another really great smart programming move on their part. Um, And then the last uh, play revival of uh, the season in in its entirety is "Take Me Out." Uh, This is the 2003 Tony Award-winning best play by Richard Greenberg. 
about a gay baseball player who comes out of the closet. Which in its day was very scandalous. Yes. I, you know, I was a teenager at the time and I remember, you know, I followed Broadway press and it was a big deal. So I'm, you know, and so much has changed in terms of LGBT equality and gay athletes since 2003. I'm being naked on stage. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I'm really curious to see how this play lands and how it holds up. I I loved this play. This was something I saw it at the public. We saw it Mm -hmm. on Broadway. I saw it a couple of times. And it had a good run on Broadway. It was a big deal. It was a big deal. I don't think it won best play that year. No, it did. Oh, it did win best play. Oh, yeah. Okay. This was what, 98? When was it? 2003, I just said, 2003. Oh, I don't listen to you. Were you listening, Jamie? No, I never listened to you. You know this. Wow. Um, Look at me, I'm like 98. I'm way off. (laughs) Well, no, it was How I Learned to Drive was 98. So you were listening. Oh, all right. I'm listening to to the words, just not with plays. Yeah. no, but, and you know, it's second stage theater, right? And their mission is to produce, I, I always say this, it's their mission is to produce living American playwrights. So I love second stage. Yeah, here for it, here for it. Love um, them. Fabulous. Okay, All so right. putting, on our, putting on our tap shoes and moving into musicals, oh, because well, I, I just think well, everything should have tap. Yeah, I don't think this first one does. No, it's certainly I think this first not. one is the opposite of tap. Correct. So actually opening tomorrow night, if you're listening to this podcast on the day it comes out, um, is Girl from the North Country, yeah. which had a sold-out run at the public theater um, and I think was looking for a theater, is my hunch. I don't know that to be true, but it seemed like a logical step that it would move to Broadway and then didn't last spring. Um, so a year later is finally coming to Broadway. Um, this is an original story um, by Connor McPherson that's set in a Depression-era boarding house in Duluth, Minnesota. Um, and it's sort of like a collage-like show, right? It's an ensemble piece where you just meet all these different characters who were interacting in this very depressing milieu. Um, and it's all set to the, the songbook of Bob Dylan. Um, his work has been sort of reimagined for this musical. Um, and... I saw it at the public. Um, I didn't care for it, but I'm eager to see it on Broadway to give it a second chance. Um, to me, the whole thing was just very depressing and very disjointed. And um, you know, it's the kind of musical where the songs uh, are not sort of organically birthed from the scenes, right? It's like, scene, stop, let's sing a song, stop, let's have a scene. Um, so maybe they've changed that. I hope they've changed that. I don't know. Um, you know, Bob Dylan is is not a musical theater writer, right? So trying to make a musical with his songs is is a bit of a sounds problematic to me, quite frankly. But I haven't seen it, so I yeah, don't know. Yeah, I will say the only thing about this show that um, currently interests me is the fact that Mayor Winningham is in it, and I well, love Mayor Winningham. An so, amazing uh, cast. I yeah, mean, other, I mean, there are I'm assuming other people in it. Mark Kudish is in it. Oh, we um, love Mark Kudish. Uh, now I'm uh, Luba Mason's in it. Oh, I, lo- I love Luba Mason. Yeah, <gasps> yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. no, it's All a right, really now, terrific ensemble. Right. Cast, and I'm forgetting a ton of people. I off should the top read of my head. more. Yeah. I think is the takeaway. <laughs> Jamie, from read. This. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. Now I'm a little more excited. Yeah. About so it. that opens just, uh, March 5th at the Blasco Theater. Sounds a bit dreary to me. But our next show doesn't. Yes, six. Yeah. If you live in this world, you you've heard of six, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're on Twitter, if you're on Twitter, for sure, yeah. So I saw Six in London, um, and it's it's this musical. The term musical doesn't feel right to describe what it is, actually, but it's like a 75 minute, basically like concert, pop concert competition, almost. It's like like an American Idol type structure um, that is the six wives of Henry VIII of England, and one by one, they each do a presentation 
arguing that they're like sort of the best wife, right? Um, but the whole thing ends up being this like beautiful sort of feminist take on history and, you know, reclaiming their spots in history, right? Because they're known as the wives of Henry VIII instead of being their individual, you know, selves. Um, and each song takes the style of a different um, pop diva, right? So there's like an Adele-like song, there's a Beyonce-like song. And uh, this started, I mean, you get, reading the history of the sort of the gestation of this musical, you get the sense that it was almost like, like, a, like a dare, that went too far, you know, that like at a party, some friends were drunk and were like, oh, what if we did this? And then they, you know, actually were like, oh, well, actually, maybe what if we did this? And they wrote this show. And I have to say, it is some of the best pop music that I've heard in years. We're one of a kind, no know, in a rare move, you when you were in London, you texted me right yes. after you saw this yes. show. And I think you even said something like, I'm not sure if you're going to like it or not, <laughs> yeah. but this is like the most interesting thing I've seen in a really long time. Yeah. And you said the same thing about the pop score, because yes. you're not a pop music guy, yeah, I mean, really. I, I appreciate it, but I don't, it's not what I go But it's not on your yeah. heavy rotation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and because of that fact, I started listening to the, the sound, the, yeah. I almost said soundtrack. <gasps> da, da, da. I started listening to the album that they yeah. put out, which is, is it a cast album or is it a concept album? I don't, did it's, it come out? I think it's the cast album. It is a cast It I came out, at, okay, it came I, I didn't know, album. I wasn't sure. And honestly, I don't know what the difference would be, frankly, because the show, I mean, I've seen it, you know, it's literally, it's just those songs. I mean, there's a little bit of dialogue in between, but not much. It is very much, what you hear on that album is, is pretty is, much the show. pretty much the show. I can't wait. It's there's, like Hamilton in that sense. There's, and, there's been some YouTube videos because it, it just it started previews yeah. recently and, and yeah well and the thing that they do at the end of the show is they do the mega mix that you do at the end of every musical now where they do a couple songs from the show and they they tell people okay take out your phones and record this right so it, it is encouraged for you like at a concert yeah. for you to you know get on your feet and capture it and share it on social media um, and that's really exciting because it's a musical that is that is daring to sort of challenge the form of what a musical is. Um, and we don't see enough of that. You know, we saw a, Str a Strange Loop last summer, which very much did that, right? Um, you know, we've seen a couple things in the past couple of years that have, that have really challenged form, which is really exciting to see. And this really does that. Um, so I can't wait to see it again. And I think it's going to be a bit of a, a fan uh, sensation. We also saw Darling Grenadine, which I know isn't yes. on your list, right. no, but I just that. have to say because I so I was so swept up yeah. by this musical. Daniel Zajac, the it, composer, it, is really someone to watch. It, yeah. Really, someone to watch. And the show, and, I think, I think will have another life. I hope so. Yeah. If anybody yeah. out there yeah. is listening, this so that, is that's a show that off needs Broadway to, at at, at roundabout like off, underground, off Broadway. Yeah, yeah, really, um, and um, sold out. You know, before it even started. Um, I was smart enough to get tickets in advance because I, I... You got them like so yeah. long ago. I've been following Daniel's career for a number of years because he happens to be a friend of my brother's. Um, and um, I've always loved his music. And when I heard that this musical was coming, I got really excited. But yeah, that's another musical that really is, is doing really smart things and really clever. It has nothing, it's not on Broadway yet. Not but yet. I, just, but I, had, you know. I couldn't let that go because I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm still very much living in that yeah, experience. Sure. Well, keeping with a British theme, the, the next musical that opens on uh, March 31st is Diana. Yep. Which is uh, sort of, I guess, bio musical about um, Princess Diana of Wales. That it is, with Judy Kay. 
Judy Kay's in and it. And Jenna DeWall yes. is playing. I'm a big Jenna DeWall fan. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Judy Kay is playing yeah. the queen. You know, I will say, um, uh, as you know, Jamie, we had the opportunity to visit William Ivy Long's studio. Yes. And he's the costume did. designer for the show. And at the time that we visited, um, he had all of his boards out. And I, and I, the, to be honest, I'm not terribly excited about this show, but seeing the sort of costume inspiration and, you know, his process yeah. got me very excited to see, to see the physical production of the show. Um, you know, when I was in London last year um, at Kensington Palace, they, they were doing a, a, an exhibit of Diana's fashion and they had her actual dresses from iconic moments and you could walk over, you know, you could see them. And you, I mean, I had sort of forgotten, but what a fashion icon she yeah, was. Yeah, she so really that is, was. That is a huge part of the show, I can imagine, is mm. the and look of it is, is capturing that. No one better than William Ivy Long. Oh, my to, God. To, yeah, yeah. To make those they really, dresses. They really struck out. Yeah, those, his there. mood boards yeah. were fabulous. Yeah. It, it, you, you sort of forget she's, she's been gone long enough. Yeah, that 1997 she passed away. It's a long time yeah, ago. It's a long time. But, um, yeah, she yeah. was... Quite a snappy dresser. Yeah, I, I'm intrigued to see it. You know, it's funny when when my high school did a vita, and yes, my high school did a vita. Um, the tagline on it was "Before Diana, before Jackie, there was a vita." You know? Wow, that's so, very dramatic. I know, but you know, a vita has her has her musical. Diana will have her musical. I'm yeah, intrigued to see it. You know what my high school did? What Plaza Suite. <laughs> There you go. It's all coming together. Uh, well, the next show um, that's uh, next musical, I should say, next new musical is Mrs. Doubtfire. And, you know, it's interesting. So the past couple seasons, I feel like people who write about theater, who see a lot of theater, have been thinking about theater and the evolution of musicals in particular, have been sort of bemoaning the, the factory-like assembly of hit blockbuster films being adapted to stage. And in looking at this spring season... Out of six new musicals, there's actually only two that are based on films and only one that really is, is a major film, and that's Mrs. Doubtfire. So maybe we're starting to see the trend change. Maybe we're starting to see a back, you know, people backing away from just taking popular titles and putting them on stage. Somehow I doubt that. I know, but a, a, a theater critic can hope. Yeah. Right? Well, good can, luck. Can dream. Um, so Mrs. Doubtfire, 1993. I mean, I am obsessed with this movie. I, I, I happened to catch it like a year ago, and seeing it as an adult... It completely lands in a different way, right? Yeah. Um, and I was a puddle in that last scene when when the kids are watching their father as Mrs. Doubtfire do the show, and it's you know, and families come in all different shapes and sizes, and oh my god, I was just weeping. So there's a tr- there's a real story here, and I'm I'm intrigued to see how it translates into a musical. You know, because what you can do with a musical is is reveal the interior life of characters. You can't do that really in film unless you're narrating. Um, so Rob McClure plays um, um, Daniel. What's the last name? Ooh, Daniel something. Ah, the wife's name is Melinda, right? Yeah. Is it? Uh, I don't. Remember. Miranda. It's Miranda. Miranda. It's Daniel and Miranda. Anyway, whatever Doesn't their last matter. name is, he plays the the husband. And of course, Yuva Janaya Doubtfire, the the uh, maid who comes in to, or housekeeper who comes in to care for the kids. Yeah, don't don't call her a maid. Don't call her a maid. No, that's that's another musical we're getting to um, down the line. Um, and you know, it's it's the team that wrote Something Rotten. I yeah. happen to love Something Rotten. I know not everyone did. I um, you know I, the, 
some, I did not care for Something Rotten yeah. necessarily as yeah. a show. I thought it had some funny moments. Yeah. I also found it very homophobic. And, oh, really? And very homophobic. I've never heard that. Yeah. Well, I, all the butt jokes and the gay butt joke, the sex, I, I just... We can cut this, wow. but I, 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 I was really, and I didn't find the, I, I, I just, I really disliked that show on, on wow. so many levels. I thought the whole omelet thing was stupid. However, um, because of you, yeah. uh, about a year ago, yeah. I think I started listening to the score again yeah. and I love that score. Yeah. Now they're, I can't they're... listen to some of it cause it's like, oh, there's that fucking omelet number. But, <laughs> but it, the score is really, really clever. Yeah. They're and, and smart guys. Very smart. Very so I'm looking forward to yeah. this. I also have to say, I saw Mrs. Doubtfire, the film about a year ago as well, probably because you saw it and we were yeah. talking about <laughs> it and I was like, oh, yeah. I'm going to watch it. I had a different reaction. Oh, really? I did not, it wasn't, did not feel as beloved to me. I, oh, I had a totally opposite reaction yeah. to the story. I, I I I looked at it as this man who's like lying to his family. Well, and, sure, you know, I that. I went yeah. that whole route, right. you know, right. and that like do we really, you know, do we need really un- and then bring it to today, do we really need another story about a man dressing a dress, up as a woman yeah. to lie to the people he loves? Like yeah. are we can we be done with that for now? Right. right. So, now that I've as you would say, I've put on my Grinch hat, yeah. I will say that I do think um, there's a lot about the story of Mrs. Doubtfire that might be updated and translate a little bit better than yeah. some of the other musicals that have tried yeah. to do the same thing. Yeah, and apparently um, Glad has been working with this production or someone from Glad has been brought in, you know, because their sensitivities, obviously the season after Tootsie, which there was a lot of controversy around, um, you know, whether or not it was transphobic, um, and you know, I happen to think that, that story did not work in 2020 or 2019, I should say. Um, so I'm interested to see how this plays. Yeah, and I am too. And I, I want to take off my cranky hat. No, yeah. Grinch. You call it a Grinch hat. Grinch I want to take yeah. off my my. Well, I'll call it my cranky hat yeah. because I am actually looking forward to Mrs. Doubtfire, yeah. and I and I hope that they get it right because yeah. Rob McClure mm-hmm. is a genius. Yes. I mean, he I'll is. See him do he, anything, anything, yeah. and He's, we saw a little bit of him at Broadway Con yes, doing, yeah. and it was yeah. very. And you can funny. find that online. You know, look yeah, up a video. And it was yeah. very funny, yeah. and and no, he's, he's such a great performer, and the yeah. cast is great. Brad Oscar, there's really nobody better than Brad Oscar. So they're they're doing all those things yeah. right well, and so, and Jerry Zachs is directing it so yeah, like yeah come I mean, on you, and Jen Gambatis is playing Miranda yeah. Linda Miranda Miranda, Miranda. Yeah, and I'm she's yeah. Yeah. she's she's someone who is just spectacular yeah yeah but I, anytime anytime you have to do a musical comedy and Jerry Zachs is involved I have it makes me really comfortable you oh know, it puts I, me at ease I would again About whatever the project is it could be you know man on the moon the musical and I'd be like yes Jerry Zax is doing it sure Nicole Saratori sure would really like that yes, musical so she would. She as would. a matter of fact no Jerry Zax is like the Tracy Letts of musical comedy directors I will just show up for him yeah yeah anytime anytime um alrighty so uh, I'm gonna skip the next show chronologically because the other show that is based on a film is Sing Street that it is. So unlike the blockbuster of Mrs. Doubtfire, this is a smaller independent film um, from a Which I have not seen and I think I want to see now. Yeah, yeah. So I actually, a friend of mine saw it, um, or rather uh, said, oh, you have to watch this, and we watched it together. And I was like, sure, Sing Street, whatever. I sat down. I loved the movie. Really when loved the movie. When did it come movie. out? Is I think it, it was recent? like 2016. It's, no, it's, it's not that long. It's not an old movie at all. Um, and it... Uh, has had this rapidly fast 
uh, writing period. Rebecca Tashman, the director, had the idea to adapt it to the stage. She saw the movie and was like, oh, this has to be a musical. Got connected with New York Theater Workshop and had its premiere there in December, so like three months ago. Um, and it's coming to Broadway. It's opening uh, April 19th at the Lyceum Theater. Um, it's a crazy fact. You know, we hear about musicals like Town was in development for 13 years. You know, you hear about shows that take forever and ever. Girl from the, from, from the North Country couldn't find a theater, had to wait a season. Hangman had to wait two seasons. You know, this show, it's like stars of a line. This rarely happens, and it's coming to Broadway. I saw it at New York Theatre Workshop. You saw it at New York Theatre Workshop. I think we both had the same reaction, which was that it's not ready to come to Broadway. A little Broadway. more time would be good. Yeah. So like this is this is nervous. an argument to be made that there's a reason Hades Town is so fantastic yeah, right? with all the time they had to get it right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, as I always do. I think I've said this twice now. You know, I'm gonna see it with as as fresh eyes as I can when it comes to Broadway. Um, but um, I'm a little skeptical that they're going to be able to pull it off because I, I thought there were some serious problems with the dramaturgy of it. And the, the book by Ando Walsh needed a lot of work. Um, yeah, the score is great. The score is really great. Well, yeah, then the those are the songs from the movie, the, right? You know, which were really great. And the kids are terrific. Oh, I mean, it's a great, great, great cast. And, and again, yeah. anytime you can see Anne Nathan in anything, mm. go. Yeah. Because she's spectacular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I don't, you know, uh, Hope Springs Eternal. I, I, this is. Yeah, it starts off great. It's, it's, and and it's a really true is, musical. You know, it's about an Irish teen boy in the early 80s who like, is like loves synth pop and starts his own little, you know, band with his school chums. Um, and, you know, it, it has to do with sort of the yearning and it's a coming of age story. And it's, and it's so inextricably bound up in its setting, right, which is Ireland in the early 80s, which, is, you know, is a very specific political and right. socioeconomic, um, you know, situation. Um, and, and those kids are... And I call them kids, you know, but they're in their they're in like in their early twenties. They're they're <laughs> they're kids. I will uh, also say this as somebody who is the age that those kids were. Yeah, yeah. In yeah, the eighties, I yeah, am. They yeah, they yeah. they would all be fifty two now yeah, if it's they your were story. It's old your up. Story. If they were if they were grown up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't. It's not my story, but <laughs> it. They get time and place beautifully mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. I, granted, I didn't grow up in Ireland in the eighties, but yeah, I but you, certainly yes you get I, the sensibility of it. Absolutely, yeah, they yeah. get they get that period in the world quite yeah. right. Um, and so that's lovely. Yeah. Uh, well, the last new musical, um, not chronologically, but uh, of the season, is Flying Over Sunset. Carmen Cusack. Carmen Cusack coming back to Broadway. I can't wait. So this show, and the reason I saved it for last is because to me it's, it's the musical that I'm most excited to see this spring. Um, you know, Girl from the North Country, I saw at the public. Six, I saw in London. Diana, it's a biomusical. I know what that is. Mrs. Doubtfire, I've seen the film. Sing Street, I saw the film. I saw it downtown. Flying Over Sunset is an original musical opening cold on Broadway. It hasn't tried out somewhere. It hasn't had, you know, 50 million iterations. It is opening in New York, Lincoln Center Theater. I so admire the balls that they have to, to do this. Cannot and wait. It's an original musical with a score by Tom Kitt. Uh, who, gosh, that man writes a musical a minute. I don't know how he does all the things he does. It's Michael Corey, the lyricist, who uh, usually works with Scott Frankel. You know, they wrote uh, War Paint together and um, Great Gardens. Oh, 
I do love the score oh, to Great Gardens. Yeah, I'm not a fan of War Paint, but anyway, I like Great but Gardens. Michael Corey, so he's written the lyrics, and uh, James Lapine has written uh, the book yeah. and is directing. Yeah. So um, those are all very yeah, good. Yeah, you already mentioned Carmen Cusack, uh, Tony Yazbek, and Harry Haddon Payton are in it. And the setup, the, the, the log line of the show, right? So this musical, this new musical, imagines Cary Grant, Claire Booth Luce, and Aldous Huxley on an acid trip together in the 1950s. I'm in. If, I mean, if that setup doesn't make you want to instantly buy a ticket and go yeah. see what's going on, I'm in. Then I can't help you, yeah, right? That yeah. sounds great. No, I can't wait. And to top it all off, uh, Michelle Dorrance who is a MacArthur Genius Grant recipient. Love her. Uh, tap dance uh, choreographer. She has her own company. Um, she's making her theatrical debut as choreographer for this show. Um, and I cannot wait to see what she does in a yeah. musical. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I think even if it doesn't work, if it doesn't all come together on for whatever level, I yeah. think it's going to be an event. I think for sure. there's going yeah. this is a, not a thing you don't want to miss. Yeah, well, again, because it's 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 an original new musical opening right. cold on Broadway. When does that happen? Never. And my guess is because James Lapine is at the helm, it will all come together. Yeah. I'm actually not yeah. that worried about it. But right. I think no matter what ends up happening, it's yeah. going to be something you want to see. Yeah, I've heard like 30 seconds of one song, yeah. and I was in love with yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah, wanted to hear. The yeah, rest there's of it it's and, a little bit of a song line right now. Yeah, yeah I yeah, heard it too yeah, the other yeah, day. I can't wait. Okay, so moving on to musical revivals. We already talked about West Side Story, which is just amazing and huge and amazing. And um, snapless. There are no snaps. Spoiler nope. alert. Spoiler no alert. snaps. Yeah. Um, but you know, there have not been a lot of musical revivals in the last couple seasons. Uh, there's been two, maybe three. Um, and the ones that, that have come, you know, they haven't all been successful or you're kind of like, why? Like, I don't know, Kiss Me Kate. Why did we have a revival of Kiss Me Kate last season? It was kind of unnecessary. But... It wouldn't have been unnecessary if it had been done well. Well, well, sure, of course. Um, but except for the choreography, yeah. Well, Warren Carlyle, that was great. Yeah, that was brilliant. Um, but um, you know, West Side Story uh, and these other two musical revivals, the three together are in a remarkable slate of really, in, really hefty revivals, and they're not just museum pieces. Each one of them is doing something really exciting. Yeah. I think uh, it's going to be a nail-biter on June 7th I in this category. No idea gonna I, mean, I know we're not doing that show yet. Yeah, but, well, but we're always doing that but, show. Yeah, we um, are. And, and I've seen all three because uh, the other two were in London and we've seen West Side Story. Uh, so Company yeah. uh, opens uh, March 22nd, Stephen Sondheim's 90th birthday. This is a 50th anniversary uh, revival of Company. It comes from the West End where it was a smash hit um, director Marianne Elliott had the idea to um, uh, revisit Company and set it in the present, much yeah. like they've set West Side Story in the present. And it stars Jennifer Samard. Well, yes, that's Company right. Company starring Jennifer Samard. That's right, that's right. Uh, I mean, there might be a couple of other people in it. a couple of other people in it, yeah, yeah. But no, it's starring it stars Jennifer Samard. Well, I mean, that's one of the many reasons why we're excited to see it. But the the like hook of this production and what makes it especially unique is the fact that um, there's a gender swap in the, the lead character of Bobby, B-O-B-B-Y, is now Bobby, B-O-B-B-I-E, a woman. And changing that bachelor, you know, sort of with all, dealing with all of his married friends to a single woman dealing with all of her married friends in the year 2020, um, you know, 50 years after, you know, the, the sexual politics and the fem- feminist movement. I mean, so much has changed since 1970. Such a really smart insight to do that, and kudos to Stephen Sondheim to allow it to happen, since George Firth is no longer with us, and you know he sort of has to speak for both of them. Um, it's really exciting. And who's playing Bobby? 
Oh, somebody. Um, oh, what is her oh, name? I, I don't just know. Just can't think of it. Uh, you sort of like her. Yeah. Is it is it Katrina Lank? Maybe it is. It's Katrina Lank. Rob is so excited for this. Oh my god. Rob, I have been in the room. Yeah. I've been next sitting next to Rob now yeah. several times where we've seen Katrina Lank do something. That's right. Yes. Yes. At, yeah. I mean, recently, yeah, sort of, yeah, sort of yeah. company related. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I'm not even talking about last season. No. Yeah. And um, there's an electricity that goes through oh. Rob. Oh my god. You have such a thing for Katrina well, Lank. Uh, and well, I do too. But you, it's very, it's Katrina it's very Lank, specialized. It's not me. It's it's. She's such an, an amazing performer. She's. There's a there's a mystery to her. Yeah, she's a odd that is so intoxicating. Bird. Yeah, yeah, and so I you know we've seen and now there's video online you can see her. She's done a couple of different things where she sang "Someone Is Waiting," um, and oh my god. Yeah, there's now I think two versions of it. Yeah. There's another one that yeah. just came out. And the how other have day. we gotten this far into our conversation of company without mentioning Patty Lapone? I'd like to propose a toast. Well, she plays Joanne. She's singing "The Ladies Who Lunch." Buy a ticket. That's all you need to know. Yeah, that's just that's all you need to know. Um, but what else you need to know is that Jennifer Samard, our lovely, amazing co-host, is playing the role of Sarah, created by Barbara Berry, guest, guest of, of the, the show. show. Um, we had a whole episode talking about that. You should check it out if you haven't already listened. Uh, opposite uh, Christopher Sieber. Let me read through some of the names of this cast. Tell us who's in it. Because uh, it's ridiculous. Um, some highlights include Itai Benson, Nikki Renee Daniels, Matt Doyle, Claiborne Elder, Christopher Fitzgerald. Love uh, him. Greg, Love Clay, too. Hi, Clay. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Greg Hildreth, Caldine Massey. I mean, it's just like, it's like they assembled everyone's favorite performers yeah, it's, it's, and I, put them all in one show. Like, how? How did that happen? It's one of the best cast shows <laughs> oh my God, this season. I mean, it's yes. everyone is so perfect yes. for their roles. And I, I just will say one thing. Thing, yeah. Jennifer Samard, learn oh. your lines. Yes, right. get your show open and come back to us. Yeah, because we, we miss, miss you. you. We miss you. We miss you. Yeah, but I can't wait to see it. Um, Is there anything else you want to see this season? Well, there's one more musical, and what would that be, Rob? Caroline or Change? Here we go. People, get ready. From this moment <laughs> on, Rob Russo will talk about two things: Katrina Lenk. Yeah. And Carolina changed. Yeah. Well, I, you know, when the show was announced, I joked that if you needed to find me, if you're just looking, uh, you know, where's Rob? I'll be at 254 West 54th Street. That's true. Uh, from now, well, not from now, from, you know, roughly the end of this month until the end of June. Um, because Carolina Change is probably, gun to my head, my favorite musical. I'm going to say it. It's yes, you you put it's that in said. your you put that in your spring preview on stage left dot yeah. nyc yeah, yeah. Um, which I highly recommend you go yeah, read if, if you don't want to listen to us talk you can read about it all um, uh, but <laughs> I was I have to say when I read that the other day yeah. I I sat up straight yeah and I thought yeah. wow he's actually saying I'm doing it yeah I'm saying it he's saying these saying words it. yeah yeah well so there there are two maxims that that sort of direct my life one is we'll travel for Sondheim. Right. Yeah, Anytime yeah. Sondheim's being done, I will I will make the effort to get there, um, and and we'll travel for Carolina Change. I went to London specifically to see this production because you know it wasn't announced that it was coming to Broadway when it first um, moved to the West End. Um, it started at the Chichester Festival Theater um, in the Chichester. Chichester. There you go in the provinces, so to speak, and it was a smash hit there, and then came to the West End and is now coming to Broadway. This is a musical that is never going to be commercially successful, so I am I am bowing to Roundabout Theatre Company for having the cojones. Lincoln Center Theatre has balls. Roundabout Theatre Company has cojones. 
You realize um, that's the same thing, right? I know. Well, that's the joke. Um, thank you. And if, that's, if you have to explain it, that's how you know it's funny. You know, jokes are really funny when you explain They're them. mostly when you so explain thank them. you for that um, bit of humor. But good on them for, for, for programming this because it's a musical that needs to be seen. Um, it was at the Public Theater in 2003, on Broadway in 2004. Um, Janine Tesori and Tony Kushner collaborated on this musical. Uh, it's an original story inspired by Tony Kushner's childhood. Um, and it's about uh, Caroline Thibodeau, a black maid, working in um, the home of a Jewish family in Louisiana in 1963. And you know, you get to witness over the course of this musical, it's a very intimate show. It's a very you know, simple story. Um, but it unlocks and and reveals so many grand themes about um, American history, about the African American experience, about the Jewish experience, about change, theories of political change, and and change, well, literal change, literal change. change, yes, yeah. I mean, you know, the 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 overlapping metaphors in this show are are overwhelming, and Tony Kushner, you know. It's it's sort of the pat thing to say that oh you know he never wrote anything great after Angels in America oh that's not true and and Carolina Change I think is 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 a twin masterpiece of his that deserves to be on the same platform as Angels in America it's a gorgeous incredible musical there's a wonderful cast recording from the nineteen from the two thousand four production the George C Wolf production that please listen to Tanya Pinkins is. Incredible. There's also a great documentary about that yes. season called Show Business, mm-hmm. produced by Dory, Dory Berenstein. Yeah. And uh, it, that's one of the four shows yes. highlighted. Yes. And you get a very good glimpse yes. into the genius of that show through yep. that fabulous documentary. Yep. And for this revival, Sharon D. Clark oh, yeah. will be playing Caroline Thibodeau. And get used to hearing the name Sharon D. Clark because yeah. she is giving an astonishing performance. Um, there's a video for singing Lot's Wife, which is sort of the the big number in the show um, at the Olivier Awards last year. And find it on YouTube. It's unbelievable. No one will ever be Tanya Pinkins because she created the role and her DNA is in it, much like you know Andre told us that the, his DNA is in Hermes, right? No matter who plays Hermes in Hadestown, there'll always be a little bit of Andre de Shields in it, right? And there'll always be a little bit of Tanya Pinkins in 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 Caroline Thibodeau. Um, but what Sharon has done in in revisiting the role, making it her own, and her performance is just stunning. And I'm saying Sharon like I know her, like we're just buds, you know, we hang out. Well, maybe you will be. Yeah, right? Um, but uh, get a ticket. That opens April 7th, and uh, it's, it's currently limited engagement through June 28th. Um, so get a ticket, get another ticket, bring your friends. Um, and maybe you'll sit next to Rob because he'll be yeah, there at all. Because I'll be living at two fifty four West fifty fourth Street, um, and that is the Broadway season, um, the spring season. That's it. That's wow. it. Wow. Yeah. Are there any other um, off Broadway things that you want to touch on? No, 
I think um, <laughs> no, no. I think I think this is good. Yeah, I, I think I'm. I got my plug in for Darling Grenadine, yeah. so I feel very good about go. that. Yeah. Well, I will say, uh, Mac and Mabel has already happened, but the other two encore shows this season, oh right, um, yeah, are um, Kurt Vile and Alan J. Lerner's Love Life which has never had a cast recording, so you can't even listen to it. Right. Um, so I'm really excited to see that. Brian Stokes Mitchell and Kate Baldwin will be Love starring Kate in that. Baldwin. Um, and then um, another Janine Tesori show, uh, Thoroughly Modern Millie, uh, with Ashley Park. Yeah, that's Closes out the Encore season. So I know it's not Broadway, um, but check out Encores, because this, this is also Jack Vertel's last season as, our, as artistic director. And, um, you know, Mac and Mabel was incredible, and, you know, these other two shows... Can't wait to see them. We're such Encores fans. We're big Encores fans, yeah. But what do we love more? Broadway. Well, it's not a competition. I love it, it all. I love it, it, all. it absolutely is a competition. Well, okay, I'm going to put in one more plug. Um, okay. And that is Assassins at Classic Stage. Oh, Canada. yeah. So um, I know we'll travel for some time. I will travel to 13th Street oh, yeah. uh, to in the East Village to see uh, this production. It's um, starting in April, runs through May. Ha, ha, ha. They've got to extend it. I wouldn't be surprised if this came to Broadway. Um, John Doyle, who is the artistic director there, is doing Stephen Sondheim and John Weidman's 1990 musical Assassins. It's a favorite of mine. It's rarely done because it's it's a little off-putting. It's a little uncomfortable. It's, it's brilliant. It's, but it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And the cast. Adam Chandler Barat, Tavi Gevinson, Andy Gordolution, Judy Kuhn, Stephen Pasquale, Ethan Slater, Will Swenson, Wesley Taylor, and Brandon Uranowitz. Just like Company has like every musical theater star imaginable, the rest of them are in Assassins. Yeah, so they're all working. They're all working this season. Yeah, in Sondheim shows. Um, Good for actors. Yeah, so that's going to be another, another big one that you want to make sure you get a ticket for because I have a feeling they will go fast. Well, that's our that's spring, spring roundup. Oh my gosh, all nothing right. left to do but see it all. See it all and talk about it more. Yeah, brilliant. Alrighty, let's do it. Bye. Bye. Rob here. That's our show. Thanks for listening. You can hear us anytime on iTunes. In this election year, one of my favorite new things is Social Goods, an online store that offers a curated slate of statement-making merchandise that gives back to nonprofits tackling today's most pressing issues, from Every Town for Gun Safety to Planned Parenthood of New York, the Special Olympics, and more. Best of all, we've partnered with Social Goods to offer a special discount for listeners of The Fabulous Invalid. Go to social-goods.com and use the code FAB15 at checkout to receive 15% off your first order. That's Social Goods, where every transaction comes with real action. The Fabulous Invalid is a production of O&M Etc. and The Fabulous Invalid LLC, and a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. Our theme music is by Lucky Chops. Today's episode was edited and engineered by Jamie Dumont and Aaron Kaufman. You can find us online at thefabulousinvalid.com and on social media at Fabulous Invalid and on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Be sure to tune in next Wednesday. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 